Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Movies in a Podshell podcast. The podcast which takes a theme. This week's theme is horror remakes, much to my partner's dismay. We take a theme and we couple two films to fit that theme. I'm joined as always by Hugh, but you can call him John. How's it going, John? Which one was Hugh in those films? Did they die quickly? Well, I'm just going simply for Hugh Hefner, mate, because you're sitting in what looks like the Playboy Mansion with your big pink light. Hold on. <laughs> what colour is it really? Hold What's on. happening? What's going on? There's a tube light in the background, which is red, and it's in honour of the Evil Dead, which I thought, by the way, yet again was the lead pod film, which you've now moved as the second film. Not quite sure why. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's what the red light was for, but it might also look like uh, a brothel. I don't know. It looks, it looks definitely like you're doing something highly illegal. <laughs> anyway, John, we're, we're, we're recording late tonight because we've had a myriad of questions. It, apparently, our listeners love horror, don't they? I think they like it, and I think they love tormenting me. That's what I took away from a lot of the questions. Would you agree? Film Forager writes in and she says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much is John ready for November? I mean, I I will genuinely go on record. I think I've said it before. This is the time of year on the pod that I look forward to the least. And this is only the second year of doing this time of year, but I genuinely dread it. Um, And do you know what's really interesting? I used to think Sky's really scared of like the jump scares. And I've actually found like yesterday, I you jumped at a bit that I didn't jump at, which I thought was interesting. But I don't think it's, the, it's not... Don't tell the listeners now. I'm supposed to be the hard Sorry, one. Sorry, so you're the hard one. I'm the but, tough one. Like I'm the one that just doesn't... doesn't I'm joking, yeah, but I did. My, my thing is, I, it's not that that bothers me. I used to think it was that that bothered me. What bothers me is I just hate films which make me feel that uncomfortable. And then we had a chat about this with some friends and they said, oh, it's people like them because it like, creates a visceral reaction or like emotive reaction. And I said, well, I'm obviously just too emotional then because I don't need any more. I don't need a film to make me feel <laughs> that way. Maybe I, listen, maybe I jumped to make you feel better. Maybe I jumped I to make jump. you feel. No, you didn't know. I, I, I did jump. I get it was grossed a- out. I, so Jamie uploaded a photo, which is, I think the quote was, I, I what was it? I don't like. <laughs> I hate. I hate cutting. <laughs> I, hate, I hate cutting. Yeah, any uh, any film with like cutting or like anything, I'm just like no. Just I don't want to watch your arm get cut off. Like it does nothing for me. Like there was a lot of cutting. There was, there was a, a lot, lot of that cutting. Second film, there was a lot of slicing and dicing, and also like people cutting their arms off and then not feeling anything, just being very chilled about it. And I just anyway. We'll, we'll, I think it's adrenaline, John. Anyway, John, what have you been watching, mister? Nothing. Horror films. <laughs> That's it? You've, what, have you watched any TV? What TV have you watched? No, I've been shocking. Literally, I, oh, since, yeah, since we yeah, last recorded, I did 13 days on the bounce of work and I stayed away for a, a fair amount of time. So, as in, I was on the road. So, I literally have watched nothing apart from two films you won't want me to discuss because it's part of my rewatch season with Harriet, which is it's Harry Potter time. We are going to the Harry Potter studios. I can already see Jamie getting annoyed. Um, so we've I'm just not annoyed, I just, I just think it's through, funny. Always through the Philosopher's Stone yet again and Chamber of Secrets. I'm not going to say anything about them because only they're probably this time last year at the exact... We'll take the lot, thanks! Sorry, I've got to do it every time. Uh, do you know what, though? I say it every time. The nostalgia for the first one, for me, and the feelings it evokes, like, memories-wise, and it is very much a member-berry situation, it, it feels great. And I can still remember the genuine sense of wonder and magic I felt watching that at the cinema for the first time. And it actually makes me sad that I'll never feel like that again because 
I think at a certain age, like you get that way. I felt the same about the Star Wars prequels. Like I don't think they're the best films, but I remember sitting down on day one for Phantom Menace and feeling like the best thing. And the, yeah, oh, I remember that. Anyway, so it sounds like you're having an existential crisis, John. <laughs> yeah, maybe I am. I feel like I'm I, never, I'm never <laughs> ever going to be happy ever again. I think maybe. No, but I just feel like there's certain films where it. If I remember like when I was and people always have fond memories of their childhood in like cinema cinema was a massive part of me growing up and, fond memories and, of their childhood whoa there whoa there <laughs> but what I was going to say was in that era I had basically a Star Wars prequel film every year every other year was a Lord of the Rings film and if it wasn't Lord of the Rings it was Harry Potter now in terms of franchises which kick off why Marvel ended up doing what they did and why DC have done all the properties those are the IPs that were like not the first ones, but do you know what I mean? Like, they were the ones that kicked off the wave of what came afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So, Jurassic Park was, like, slightly before gosh, yeah, that. Yeah, actually, like, yeah, that's a good shout, 93. Yeah. So, but anyway, I just, I have very fond memories of the summers and winters around when they were all released. And, like, I still get excited when I go to cinema now. And I think we said when, I, when we went to see Maverick, I think that was my best cinema experience in years. And I felt like a kid again because it was just so, God, me too. so well done. But anyway, mm. that is a long rant about John's watched nothing. So Jamie, John's John's watched nothing, and he's sad that he'll never be happy again. <laughs> what have you been watching? Slicing uh, and dicing stuff, surely. I've literally only been exclusively watching horror films. Um, yeah. So, and do you know the greatest thing about horror films is they're all about ninety minutes long, or even sometimes hitting eighty odd minutes. They don't outstay their welcome is one thing I would say with all of them yeah. that I've that we've watched so far. Exactly. Um I watched Children of the Corn. Now I talk a lot about when I was a little boy and I used to go to the video shop with my mum on a Friday and she'd just get loads of horror films. So I've seen like pretty much everything like Pumpkinhead, The Children of the Corn, like Children of the Corn two, three, but I can't remember any of them really. So Children of the Corn it is obviously a franchise and this we've we've asked the we've got a question uh, later on about why in fact do you know what we've we've got loads of questions today so let's get into that one anyway patch says why does the horror genre generate so many sequels so john in your any idea for you like what what's your general feeling or do you not have enough of a kind of ground to I've think got, about it I've got a few bits and pieces I do think originally horrors were kind of cheaper films to make so like the Hammer horror films were all done on like quite a small budget for the time and I think yeah. basically they had sets and elements they could reuse so that obviously spawned sequels and you had like cast members who'd reappear so you've got people like um, his name Christopher Lee obviously played Dracula a few times and he did you know like uh, and you had um, Peter Cushing so they had like a core group yeah, of, of course, actors yeah. and then they basically had sets and elements they could reuse over and over then you have you know have you watched many Roger Corman horror films yeah like the Edgar Allan Poe ones yeah yeah so again they he was known for being like if a shoot if they told him a shoot had to last three months he'd be like you've got a month and a half and three quarters of the budget that I promised you because he used to do things really by the book in terms of like keeping things really cheap and, and whatever. So I think part of it's monetary, but also in horror films, the threat for me is usually something that's not defined by age. So like the devil doesn't get older or I suppose it does technically, but just like 
you can bring that threat back without them being worried about the age. So, like, Mike Myers has come back multiple times, hasn't he? And in the... I can't go spoilers is the most recent one. But, yeah, and and then, you know, um, like, the girl from The Ring, Samara, stays the same age. So you could do a sequel in 30 years' time and still have the same baddie that everyone recognises. Spirits and ghosts, that yeah, kind of so, thing. So it's, yeah, I think, so maybe that's part of it because it, also in a horror, it's very rare, like, there's a character who keeps returning. Is there, like, a lot of the time you have someone who survives and they might disappear for a bit and come back. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis comes back quite a lot for the Halloween films. Just a bit. But then... Neve, Neve Campbell. But then there's other horror films where they don't do that, where they just, like, say, okay... It's just the 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 main character is the the enemy or of the horror film, so maybe that's part of it as well because you're not reliant on like a star cast or anything. You're just getting a, a bunch of younger people who are going to die over an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so for me, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like with like pretty much everything you've said, they're not they're not that expensive to make a slasher. Like you're not you're not talking about big Hollywood stunts. Um, but you are like the reason why I, I mentioned this question now is because obviously Children of the Corn's got loads of sequels, uh, Hellraiser, loads of sequels. I'll tell you about some other things that I've been watching with the loads of sequels. People like I think the horror community are very, very diehard, and people see horror films for the schlock that they are. And so, for example, Halloween Ends, the thirteenth film, and not all part of the same. Like they're not all sequels of each other. They they kind of are but they're all in different kind of they ignore universes. each other they do the Terminator exactly. thing where they say that this is the actual sequel please ignore everything post the first or second and all that stuff well this is so yeah so you've got the first I don't know six Halloweens maybe um, and then you've got like Rob Zombie's Halloweens and then you've got uh, this other I don't know who's directed the new ones this is like a trilogy on its own Like, but it's all kind of like uh, intertwined anyway mm. you've still got Michael Myers etc etc but Halloween ends Halloween Kills the middle the middle part of this trilogy was half a star film so people say probably wasn't half a star it's probably like two stars terrible anyway the film is terrible Halloween Ends the third film made for 33 million 84 million it's done so far 84 million it's done so far and it's not even uh, Halloween yet so they, they are making money still people will just go because they know it's completely throwaway and yeah, I think that's one of the one of the biggest reasons as well. Um, the only thing I yeah. counter with that is most Hollywood productions, they don't give you the exact numbers, but normally the budget they've spent on producing the film is usually the same as their marketing budget. So it will only have like returned about 20 mil then, so far. Still, I suppose it's early still days. Still returned 20 mil. It's not gone out to yeah, Blu-ray yet. Like, all, all of these things. And, and again, the horror community are big physical media collectors. Um, I don't know. Like Those are just my thoughts anyway. I, I think that... There's there's definitely so much unnecessary, so many unnecessary sequels going on in 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 horror films. But I think that people just love to see the killers come back again and again and again. Anyway, Children of the Corn, 1984. Um, a boy preacher named Isaac goes to town in Nebraska, and basically it's about these kids killing all the adults in the uh, in the town, and the adults are like fighting these kids very like kind of religious thing like the greater good like all that kind of Shaun of the Dead like ripping ripping not ripping it off but like riffing off that on purpose uh, then I watched um, again I've, I've been watching loads of sequels Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 1986 
a very different vibe, still directed by Toby Hooper, a fantastic horror comedy. I had an absolute blast with this. Um, I think I sent you a video of some of the stuff that was going on. Yep. Listen, if I was if I was rating if I was rating on enjoyment, which I'm not, it would be a solid nine out of ten. Like I had an absolute blast, really good fun. But the film isn't like if if someone was watching it critically, again you, you're talking it's it's not it's not great. But it's but it's really fun. So I'm I'm saying for me, if I was rating on the enjoyment, I'd, I'd be rating it like eight or nine out of ten because I had a great time. If I'm rating critically, like you're talking maybe like six, seven out of ten. The Last House on the Left. Had never seen this. I've been trying to revisit so many films that I've just haven't seen. And I'll be honest, like it did start to get to me after a while. This was Wes Craven's first ever film he made, right? This is very much like I Spit on Your Grave style. It's, I mean, I struggled with this a bit. Whereas when I was younger, I wouldn't have struggled with it as much. But I think that, and again, there's questions later on about films that disturb, whatever. I think as I've got older, I've got a bit more squeamish about certain things. Like I'm definitely don't enjoy uh, the rape. It's, well, I never have, by the way, never have. But I mean, I when I sit there, it really does make me feel horrible. So I that's not part of the horror film that I need to see anymore or ever have needed to see. And then the other night, I watched two Nightmare on Elm Street. So I watched the second and the third one. Um, so I, th- I can't remember which ones I've seen of these, but I know I definitely had seen the second. It's not very good. The second, just just not really much action. Not The, the kills aren't great. Um, and then we're talking about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. This is the one, John. You know about Freddy Krueger, right? What do you know about Freddy Krueger? I watched one of them with you, and it was like the more modern 2000s one. Mm-hmm. And 2010 one, yeah. Stuck in the dreams. Yeah, probably, okay, well, it probably so was a 2010 one because that that would have been is, out yeah. not long before. With with yeah. the guy from um, Watchmen, Haley, uh, summon summon Haley. Anyway, this so obviously anyone that doesn't know about Freddy Krueger is it's the the reason why Freddy Krueger is so iconic is Robert England is incredible. Like he's so charismatic and he looks the like film, Edward Scissorhands. I mean. I'd say he's a bit scary in there with his hands. But the hands. Um, well, the hands, yeah. He's got, he's got, he's, he wears knives for fingers. And I think what the most unique thing about Freddy Krueger is that the place where we feel the most safe in the world is sleep. And it's the thing that we need at least once a day. Sometimes people do it like three or four times a day. I'll do it once a day. And the fact that Freddy Krueger is invading people's dreams and you don't know when you're awake, you don't know when you sleep, and you're not safe when you sleep this is incredible now Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 which is considered the second best in the franchise maybe the third best after a new nightmare number three is when it's based in a like mental institution and these kids learn to fight in their dreams so they learn to actually like do what Freddy does and become like fighters and one's like yeah I just there's a there's, I, I can run really fast in my dreams and like this one one of them's like yeah I'm, I'm super strong like and stuff like that it's, it's really good fun like I, I think you just need to someone like you John probably wouldn't enjoy these films that much because it's just like you're just like yeah cool but the film's not good and that, and I think that's where the horror genre is really lost on a lot of people we'll get into it 
<laughs> here we go right that's all i've been watching very good we'll get into it john's john is fuming about the hills have eyes 2006 by alexander Aya. they're like people or something living in those hills i'm not john, fuming i'm not i'm well, let's 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 call that out i'm not fuming i just i didn't think hills have eyes was great i would say of the two we've watched for the past so the two films this week are the hills have eyes and evil dead and it's the Evil Dead remake from 2013. The Hills Have Eyes, obviously, is a remake in 2006. My deal with The Hills Have Eyes was I found it less effective. I didn't find it particularly jumpy. I didn't find the story particularly engaging. It was more gross out. Now, although Evil Dead had lots of gross out elements, I thought the cinematography and the way it was shot was far better for me. Um, and I think of the two we've watched, I preferred that. But while we're on the um, while we're on the hills, have eyes. Um, I instantly liked. So you get set up and you see the the opening title sequence is the um, the footage of the nuclear bomb test sites, isn't it? In America yes. and across the world. Yeah. What annoyed me with this was it shows this footage and it intercuts photos to make you jump with a noise which goes like like that and (laughs) the first time i was like that's that's clever that was a good jump by the fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth time in the three minute title sequence i did it i was no longer jumping i was just getting annoyed and i watched this with front of the pod pete and yeah i i said that is something that was really effective but just proved that if you keep repeating the same trick over and over with no change it loses the effect like it would have been way more effective to do it once and it also really reminded me of do you remember david fincher seven the opening title sequences kevin spacey's yeah you said this i was yeah and then it shows clips like and then it has like a cut to like him cutting his finger off or or doing something else so it was it was very much emulating that style but what i was said to you was that was done subtly and it used the jump cut like two or three times maybe max was this overdid it um sorry go on jump in i can see you kicking no 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 it's fine and and i'll just want to start off by saying i do agree with you i do think the evil dead is shot better yeah so but also it's, it's, a, it's better... a more modern film i suppose is the other thing i should yeah, count well, out with hills have eyes is 2006 so yeah you are talking seven years between them um i so the beginning of it i actually got watchman vibes so it starts with a country song uh, showing loads of explosions and it starts being intercut with mutations from the past mutant people growing extra limbs etc etc so it's very much a i feel i, I think so this film is very much a, um like a and what's it called something happened in those i can't remember what it's called but there's a there was a nuclear um Oh, do you mean like it's like a post-World War II, post-atomic Yes, age sorry, stress. yeah, I couldn't, I, I literally right. couldn't, yeah, I couldn't think so of like anything. So like in Japanese horror films, you had Godzilla and all those, which were like the fear of um, the atomic age or like what was yeah. to come. And then there, there was a whole genre of it. And like Day the Earth Stood Still is a similar one. It's like aliens coming, telling you not to use them for that reason, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah. yeah. So I, I quite like, it starts with these two guys like testing the radioactive air. And then all of a sudden you've got this big mutant with his pickaxe, like telling us how the film's going to go. Let me just start off by saying this is based on Wes Craven's 1977 Hills Have Eyes. 
um, which is considered a cult classic. So this is basically a very simple story. It says the story of a family on a road trip um, and they become stranded in like a government, essentially a radioactive zone, uh, miles from nowhere. And they get, they get sabotaged by these mutants and the mutants are there. We don't really know why they're what they're killing for, but they're they're just killing because they like it. Uh, yeah, they're just killing because they have to for the sake of the plot. So, um, right oh. it, with the family, you've got you've got Big Bob played by Ted Levine, uh, and then I recognise immediately Ethel, his wife, because she is the wife from Kathleen Quinlan. She's also in Apollo thirteen. She plays Tom Hanks' wife in Apollo thirteen. So, yep, there's a reference for you. Um, and then it has. Uh, Brenda, played by Emily DeRaven, who is, of course, Claire from Lost. Anyone who used to watch Lost? <laughs> is she? Because when you said that, I was like, I don't, you, well, ah, do you know what you said to me? You were like, so John, I when John, had, John had, what, I was really annoyed about this, but yeah, go on. John, yeah, John was furious about this and I thought I'd genuinely quite upset him. So <laughs> I, and I always, I always forget, right? I always forget about, I seem to have like a pretty bad memory when it comes to this. So bad selective so bad right that this was the film i chose to show vicky on our first date <laughs> yeah exactly but so anyway and go into it go right on. so yeah so john was like afterwards he's like abs like well blue language awful <laughs> effing awful blah 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 i do not what's her name sorry Claire. Claire from Lost. I do not I do not want to see Claire from Lost be raped by a mutant. And <laughs> I was obviously like That is pretty much my thoughts on horror in a nutshell, but yeah, go on. And so I I was I was like, oh, he's, he's actually like cuz me and John like our relationship neither of us ever get annoyed with each other, do you know what I mean? Like it said, why would we? I was like, John's pretty annoyed, man. Like, John's like pretty annoyed. It, it was more so because James was like, "Oh, this one's not that bad." Like, don't worry, it's not that bad. And I said, "Is it as bad as?" Inter- is, I said, "Is it as bad as?" And and do you know what? It's not. Like, it was not particularly jumpy. It's just horrible. Like, I'll get. Like, I've not talked about the plot and that. We will get into that because I, I I genuinely think it's important, even when I don't enjoy a film, to explain why I don't like it and then praise what's good about it, not just say it's a one star. Because we talked about this in Morbius when people say it was half star, and it's like it's obviously not. Just you know, come on, give it's it obviously context. not. Yeah. So what I don't can't get on board with is like this is basically a film where they you turn up at a place and it's like oh, I'm here to get the fuel. And he's like, oh, don't go. I wouldn't advise going that route. It's a dodgy route. They're like, nah, it's fine. We like driving. They drive there. Of course, like, it all goes tits up and they get stranded. And when they get stranded, you've got the good-looking blonde daughter and you've got, like, the mom. And uh, there's a... a pre- uh, again, a woman with baby who you know is going to be in jeopardy at some point. And I'm just like, oh, God. And then you've got the teenage son that uh the father and um the son-in-law but my point son-in-law yeah my point is it's very much set up that the men leave the women pretty much and you know like it's it's gonna go south and they're they're being victimized immediately the weird things i saw in this film and why i didn't like it i had to watch a mutant breastfeed on a woman (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like jamie what is wrong with you like why why do i want to see this like on what on what level of hold hold on a minute there there wasn't one point where i said that oh john this is why i like it 
like was it but not that particular scene as well like, I like this it this is what annoys me like this, I forgot about I, that I scene I say it annoys me but just like if it's like there's an axe murderer going around <laughs> fine there's an axe murderer going around it is what it is then it, when it gets all a bit rapey I can't deal with it and when it's like here's this mutant and it's like oh he um him and his brother have not seen real women or whatever in so many years and they're going to smash up the place and then one's basically trying to rape Claire from Lost, which is why I couldn't get on board. And then the other one's sucking on the boobs of bloody the other one. So yeah, breastfeeding. I mean, that, I mean... It was just grim. And then and, and I'm like, James Bessie, so, like, did you enjoy the film? And I'm like, what do you expect me to reply to this? Like, on what grounds of like... Did you enjoy the film? Yeah. Like me, then, like saying it, like it was a nice warm hug. Yeah. Did you enjoy, oh, did, get, oh, did you get God. your tea and warm milk, your bickies? So, no, I was, that that stuff, I just can't stand it. And it's like, it's not even like I'm looking away because it's too violent. It's just horrible. Why do I want to watch it? I've just got no interest in it. Anyway, so that, that part ended and luckily, like, Claire from Lost survived. The mum got shot and the other sister didn't first. And then she died as well. So that was awful. Oh, before that, I watched a, a man burn alive at the stake because, you know, why not? Why, why not, and eh? then And then to top it all off, they just, like, some of the imagery is, like, really horrible. Like, there's a, a guy who's at the atomic site who's stuck in a wheelchair, but, like, his back and neck, like, his back is, like, cracked over the chair, so his, like, head's basically halfway by his bum. And it's yeah, just, like... By his bum. And he just... It's built his bum. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I just... I'm really struggling to get my collective thoughts about this. I'm normally really good at analysing things, like, properly, and I feel like I'm scattergunning here, but just... And then at the end of the film, it's like, oh, here's a guy who's stuck in a meat... He's stuck in a bloody freezer with a load of meat. And I was like, all right, fine. And then, I oh, just... I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, like... It's just general unpleasantness. And I feel like there's enough unpleasantness in the world and life in general. I don't need to sit and watch... Oh, God, you're I'm, making me feel know, bad. You know what, though? This bringing is, our listeners... Bringing true. our horror... F- what? What, what do I... It, it made me realise what I want from cinema... What I want is escapism, and the escapism I want, because there's different kinds of escapism, I want, and like you always laughed and we talked about my worldview and, and political view is shaped by Star Trek and the idea of eventually it will all be okay and we'll all work together. And I love that idea and like always kind of thought it would happen. Yeah, it's cute. The older you get, the more cynical you get, the more you're like, mm. But like, that's why I like that. And then Star Wars, space fantasy, it's all going to be fine. Lord of the Rings, at the end of the day, fantasy, all going to be fine. And, like, even when I watch, like, the Fincher things, like, there's a resolution, like, someone's caught or finds... In horror, they're all dead. Like, the resolution every time is everyone bloody dies. Like, there's no, like, uplifting moment. And it's like, oh, like, for the next film, they, you talk about, like, so-and-so survives because the director said they deserve to after what they've been through. They don't deserve to go through what they go through in the first place. Anyway, like, that's my little rant about Jamie upsetting me with two films. Well, four films now, actually. There wasn't even any, any comedy in these two. The funniest bit and the best bit of this film was at the start of um, uh, Hills Have Eyes, there's a guy in America, like, they still fill up the pumps for you, or in this garage he does, and the guy's smoking, like, a massive cigar. And the guy's like, oh, you shouldn't be smoking when you fill up the car, show you? And he's like, ah-ha-ha-ha. no. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> and for some reason that really tickled me and that's about where my enjoyment peaked of the hills have eyes uh, <laughs> I mean 
I'll be honest, right? You make a really compelling argument, um, and you and I and I'm really glad I have allowed you to find what you like in cinema. And actually, to actually add to Jamie's point, Jamie said to me yesterday when we watched Evil Dead. He said, the reason I like horror is because you can't see this mad, extreme viewpoint anywhere else, like to the nth degree. And do you know what it made me think? A lot of the stuff I don't like in this one, I liked more so in the next film. But I today, today there's a moment in a film, I'm going to go into it. In the, in the next film, sorry, I'm, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but there's a reason. Mm. Horror makes you have a visceral reaction whether it's physically yeah. jumping or whether it's like feeling like yesterday when I kept being like because it was making me feel sick or I don't like cutting and I'm going like that. What I thought today was my tongue hurt all day today because I was thinking about one scene from that film. So the fact that a film the next day can make me have a physical reaction where I'm thinking about how my tongue feels from something I've seen Shows that you know about the breastfeeding scene? No. The- <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> in the Evil Dead, yeah, yeah. there's a bit where she licks a box cutter. We'll get into it. And a Stanley knife. Half. Stanley knife. Yeah, box cutter knife, Stanley knife. And all day I've been thinking about my tongue and how much like my tongue hurts. It doesn't hurt. It's just because I've seen a visceral image that my brain likes imprinted on my brain. And it's making me have an emotional and physical response. And is there any any other kind of cinema which does that? And I'd say no. So what I'm trying to say is, although I don't like it, I can appreciate what you get from it because I understand, like, no other kind of film is going to make me, do, like, have any sort of effect like that. I might get excited, heart-pounding to an extent in an action film, or I might cry in a sad film, but nothing makes you feel this way that we've just described. I don't like it. But it makes you feel something. Good. I'm glad. I think, do you know what this, uh, do you know what? The best part of all of this, right, is what it's done is definitely made you feel a certain way because you probably haven't been this uh, emotional animated on the pod or this like in, in a long time by any, any film you've watched. We didn't feel like this after the Wrecking Crew, did we? Hey, do you know what? Wrecking Crew was good fun. I had a whale of a time. It was yeah, it was good fun. Shall we talk? Um, should we quickly? Do you actually want to talk about the basic plot of Hills Have Eyes? Because I'm very worried that it's just becoming me moaning about horror films. I, I genuinely want to talk about the things I did enjoy about it as well. Because there were things I did like. I, I'm not I'm not joking on that front. Yeah, I mean, so we we say the plot like basically that yeah they get this a family a family is they seem a, they're they're quite a conservative family, aren't they? You can tell they've got their guns. Um, well, Republicans the, the dad says well, some of them yeah the dad's like the son-in-law is. he goes oh, ignore him Charlie he's just a democrat like basically slating him because he doesn't want to handle basically, the weapon and, Doug, like, it, Aaron Stanford and yeah. it automatically sets up you know at the end he's going to be the one who survives and picks up the weapons do you know what I mean like you already get the feel of like it's yeah. it's the progression you're going to get so yeah you've, you've got this family you've got this dynamic and um, the, the son-in-law doesn't get on with the with with the with the father and you've got like it's just your standard horror fair you've got these different characters and they're all they've all they've as usual tropes you've got all the tropes of of a dysfunctional family but semi-functional they've got this big motorhome you've got quite a lot of money probably yeah yeah they're driving through the desert and yeah and, and take a wrong turn shout out to the film wrong turn uh, they take a wrong turn eliza Dushku's and they well they they it's the 
she is and he takes a wrong they take the wrong turn because I, th- I think it's Brenda she goes into the gas station um and it's basically she's she finds loads of other people's belongings now at the beginning of the film we see the gas the gas station attendant come out and he's shouting ruby ruby i can't do this anymore like something something along those lines and so we're like right okay cool so who's ruby and what can't he do anymore so we we assume that he's um i guess he's like he's, he said i told you it's over i'm out you hear me i'm sorry i can't do this anymore so essentially he is doing he's in he's in bed with these mutants like yeah he's, he's, he's funneling people in so they can stay alive feast and they well, they basically yes. stay alive by living underground in a mine which is you find out basically it's a, it was a workers town which then got turned into an atomic test site but there were workers who were still underneath weren't there or they moved there afterwards and they didn't realize the effects of um which is pretty grim because then when they had children stuff years later like they were still affected by the the effects of the radiation exactly in fact sorry it's vanessa shaw so it's lynn it's it's lynn's character she's the one that she finds stash of phones it's jewelry all that kind of thing so then the gas station attendant yeah she makes the decision to send him the wrong way because he wasn't going to originally because he thinks that's it if if someone finds out that they've seen that then off the top he's yeah he's he's in trouble so then they go so they basically get they get they go down this wrong the wrong path the reason she went in in her defense is because they've got two dogs and the dogs are called beauty and beast and i can't remember if it's beauty or beast they can smell at the back there's like an ear in a box isn't there which is like one of the yeah this is it yeah and this the is dog it. can smell it out and it goes in to get it the fact I'm even saying this sounds mad, but anyway. anyway. And the dog smells it out. She goes to collect the dog, but then she has a little poke around and then discovers it. And later in the film, um, the dad goes back to the garage after they've broken down to try and get help. And he finds the the owner of the gas station, like, suicidal. He blows his he- own head off, doesn't he? Because he's yeah. like, I'm being terrorised by these people. I can't do anything else. And I believe yeah. there's a backstory, isn't there, which is essentially like his kids were affected by the radiation too, was my read on it. And that's why he's helping them because it's his family or part of his family, potentially. That's how I read it at the time. I might be wrong, but... Yeah, he's 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 basically like made out to be like a proper old redneck, like no teeth. He's all sweaty. <laughs> uh, he's got his gun. Um, that's this. The, he's like... This, that's a, No, but that's... A, is that Was that irrelevant? I, I don't know. It just made me laugh. But yeah, Carol... No, <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying to paint the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, it's painted. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's paint. Oh, it's painted. All right. Um, it ain't no oil painting. That's what I was trying to say. The so the original was banned due to indecent violence. Ironically, um, the car crash. So basically, the they've they've set this car crash up. Car crash took three days to film. Actually, okay. um, it's like they pull pull out spikes, like the police spikes when you when you're in a police <laughs> chase. Pops the pops the tires, smashes it all up, um, and then yeah, we've got we've got kind of we see Doug sort of like Doug is the main character pretty much. So he is yeah, but the he does a good deal law. of that where you don't know for a while, and I do we like know. that because I, in my head I was like horror film, it's going to be the final girl, just I presume yeah. Yep. So yeah, that was a good twist for me straight away. 
But it did, as we said, lay down the foundation. So it was like, oh, he'll never pick up a weapon. So basically call him a pussy, don't they? And just completely take the mickey out they of They do, it. yeah. And then... There's, like, a, there's a lot yeah. of things that like, I don't like Doug. So so Doug is, he's not very nice. He's, he's sort of like slates his wife behind her back. And he's leching over his wife's sister, uh, Brenda. Oh God, yeah, so he, that was another element of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, so he, so essentially, Doug is with Vanessa. He fancies um, Claire sorry, from Lost, that, basically, but he, yeah. yeah. But then he's like, sort of like iron up, iron up uh, Claire from Lost's sister. Um, no, 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 he's so, no, no, sorry, sorry. He is eyeing up Claire from Lost, who is the sister of his wife. Uh, that's, right, that's, course, that's, listen, that's the clear key point here. <laughs> I don't watch. I don't watch it. Anyway. As I say, Lynn notices there's some reflections in the hills. Mm. Hence, the hills have eyes. Um, the dog runs away. Oh. The boy chases the dog. And as always... Do you know what? The theme of these two films could have been dog dies. Because there's a dog that dies in both films. Dogs with ridiculous um, names dogs- as well. Beauty, Beast and Grandpa. I mean, <laughs> come on. The, uh, Let's chat. The dog's was, yeah, it's, the dog's been absolutely savaged um <laughs> and then obviously bobby bobby falls bangs his head the the girls are left on their own the the, the mum but there's someone like running around in the hills who turns out not to be a baddie but she's one of the mutants and she has like a little she's not a baddie no she gives, her name's ruby she gives the baby back she's called ruby her which name's is ruby ruby is red yeah. and she wears a the hoodie like little red riding hood which she nicks off him at the start of the film so, I love this, but we say that who is Ruby at the start because that's that's who the gas station attendant shouting. You hear me? I can't do this anymore. So, is Ruby actually a bad person? Is she is she holding? Is she look like the brains behind the operation? Who knows? Do you know what? That's really upset me. I felt bad for her the whole way through. I thought she was coerced well, don't, because she could be the one that's. Can we yeah. quickly discuss the fact? So, like, there's two the two mutant main bad guys there's Pluto which is the really really tall guy in like the suit who reminded me of Jaws from the James Bond films like really it reminded me of uh, Sloth from the Goonies okay but yeah yeah okay same same but like that kind of really imposing physical presence really tall huge yeah or even Hagrid in Harry Potter but like yeah he uh, yeah he he is like not the brains of the operation. The brains of the operation is the guy who looks like Junkrat from Overwatch, which is Lizard, played <laughs> Lizard. by Robert Joy. And he, honestly, Google it, people. Search Junkrat and then look at him like they look the same. Uh, and yeah, essentially, he's the brains and shows like he makes the traps, doesn't he? And he's also the one who's doing all the vile stuff in the um, caravan. And this, yeah, the trailer invasion. So this, this is we invasion. must need. To, what were you about to talk about? Well, Before I rudely interrupted. No, no, just that, which is it le- leads in nicely to the trader invasion. It's talking about the hierarchy of the mutants themselves, because basically they, yeah. they, those two seem to be the ones who are out doing the damage on the road. Then there's another guy. I can't remember his name. Is it Papa Jupiter? It might be, but he, he. Papa Jupiter. Is he the one who has the big hat? You know the one who has the big hat. Uh, no idea. But I'd love first. to be called. Papa I think Jupiter. his name might be Sist. I think his name might be Sist. Anyway, mm, anyway. Papa Jupiter, what a, what a cool name. I'd, if I was ever going to like go on stage and sing, maybe Papa Jupiter is a good name. Okay, Papa. T- take anyway. the next bit. <laughs> so we've got, uh, basically, the father's gone away. 
he's he's kind of gone for a walk. He gets killed. Let's just let's just leave it there. He gets, he gets killed. Let's not get too deep into. It. So the dad's dead. Uh, Doug is also out and about, and we leave the young boy Bobby and the two the mother uh. and the two young women and the baby. So this is what I call the trailer invasion. Um, so this is the hardest part of the film to watch. Um, we've got the youngest. We've got Brenda, who's Claire from Lost, sleeping. And this mutated hand comes over and starts stroking her. And she and doesn't wake up. Look. Like, literally, there's so you? much touching going on and she's not waking up. It's weird. Yeah, but, like, maybe If that's I slept like, in maybe... your house and you touched my face, mate, I'll wake up and slap you back. I'm telling you now. Not if I did tender, mate. Like, you should see how tender he was. <laughs> anyway, he was super tender. Anyway, we get a good look for the first time of what these what this guy looks like and the practical effects are fantastic and that is one thing i do want to lord this film for the the practical slash so the, the way the mutants are made they're practical and cgi effects together and it works really well doesn't it john yeah the makeup's good and again it's what we talked about for what would improve morbius which is if you mix practical effects with cg you get some really nice results especially with like the makeup stuff you can do some really cool things um so yeah the the sorry completely off trying to thought. i was just gonna say well i was basically gonna say at this point we've got doug who's back mm. and basically what we have what happens is all of a sudden we've got this big flame crucifix and the dad is on the crucifix screaming for his life and then we have this crash zoom which is brilliant by the way you remember the crash That's zoom? The Sam Raimi thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, the crash zoom to the dad who's crucified to a tree burning. It was all a plan. They're not stupid. We realise for the first time they're not stupid. They've been doing this stuff for years. And so Doug tries and uses what seems like the world's four- smallest fire extinguisher to put out this and like... he does it for so long. He's clearly he does, dead. And he's still it's putting a- it out. And it's like, mate, just give up. Come on. It's a raging inferno. And he's using this fire extinguisher that is he literally the size of... He might have got a water, of- 99p water bottle and just like unleashed it. It was just pointless. Yeah. The, the fire extinguisher is the size of a pipe glass. It's like, it's just, it's... We're, we're talking about, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and so then we've got... Uh, at this point now, this is when they're the two guys, Pluto and um, Junkrat, whatever his name is, <laughs> yeah. they're they're in they're in the trailer, pretty much wreaking havoc. Um, Brenda's, yeah, this so this is horrible. This scene, I I really struggle with this scene. So Brenda's being raped. Um, they've got a, they, they put a gun to the baby's head, right? They put a gun to the baby's head, as in like stop struggling now. I think they stop, uh, apparently they stop. They do manage to stop them before Brenda is raped, but it's still grim. Right. Was my read. Well, maybe I was being... I'm glad, yeah, you took that niceness away. That's lovely. Um, The music at this point, so I think the the score is great. The music at this point is like a siren and it gets really fast-paced and really stressful. So in this situation, it's like, it's just, it's it's brilliant. The whole build-up, the tension... Um, the mother literally gets shot in the face with a magnum and it blows her across the caravan um, yeah yeah. Lynn Lynn stabs one of them with a screwdriver and then gets her bla- brains blown out as John said earlier no one is safe I think that and I'm going to talk about this later oh, I'm not, I'll, I'll talk about it later I'll talk about it later but there's so much listen it elevates and elevates and elevates and spirals completely out of control and the family is 
ravaged. It's one of the first because things, they steal the, the worst baby. things I've ever seen. The mutants steal the baby, and a basic plot device of the film for me is like, how does Doug become like from being afraid of weapons to getting involved? It's basically because his uh, his paternal instincts kick in, and that's what drives him to become the weapon wielding man who kills multiple mutants and survives. Was my it's read. his redemption arc, isn't it? It's his redemption arc. So for me, I thought Doug was a bit of a creep all the way through. Um, it becomes a rescue mission. Doug leaves with a baseball yeah. bat and the dog. Um, yeah, dog. You get the walkie-talkies work. Yeah. Dog it's just, it's just work. Yeah. loads of handheld cam as Doug goes and basically invades the Hills Have Eyes, the, the mutant town. You know the nuclear town? Did it not just remind you immediately of the start of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull when he gets in the fridge? Because I'm not going to lie, when he was stuck in that freezer, I was having flashbacks to that film. I mean, I think Hills of Eyes is a lot better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, um, yeah, I don't even doubt. I'm not, I'll fight you on that. Um, we find, we do, so before I finish, we do find out why, like what happened. And it was it's by this guy, the, the man that you mentioned, he's in the wheelchair, he's in the rocking chair and his back's all overflown and stuff. And he's mm. just gross. And he's saying, your people asked our families to leave town. You made us what we've become. Like so, like they set yeah, up. But the they didn't leave. He's like, they didn't leave. No, so no, so they did. I think they did. I don't think they did. I think the point was they thought that their jobs were safe, whatever, and they stayed. There's a really creepy bit where he's singing the national anthem as well. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I do yeah. The. The, it gave me massive Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes when Doug is in a house fighting for his life against this giant mutant. The house is very much uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes, um, and he plays possum, doesn't he? Uh, it's look all that last bit really reminds me reminded me when I was younger of a video game. It's like a it's like a video game, and he is he's on it's a basically a survival horror at that point and he is going there to get his baby back and he's fighting for his life and i loved it i think at the time i seen it i was very much a massive emo so he really reminded me of an emo as well because he's got like the sweet side hair like and i just thought that he was quite cool like covered in blood like and i think that was i know that sounds really weird but that's one of the reasons why the film resonated with me at the time what because you John. could relate to the leading character no 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 was no, he literally no, you to- yeah that was it um so yeah that was that is the reason why i love um hills have eyes and i think so the reason you like hills have eyes to be clear and like we've discussed before you like the fact it's represented like a video game and the drama levels up from the basis of you start at your character with zero hp rubbish points like no equipment he basically builds up his equipment has a motivation to like do it because he loses his baby and then by the end of the film he's had his redemption arc but also like a video game he goes through bosses right and the top boss is like the big physical one and he defeats him and then he's pretty much at the end in my head oh, i know junk rat comes I've, back do you know what i think you could watch the film with those eyes and be like do you know what like that's really that's, interesting yeah and but also at the same time like i find the film really just quite exciting so even when so vicky vicky like we we never finished the hills have eyes on our first date for reasons only other than we just didn't finish it we watched it for the first time the other day and 
she i said to her at the end like she she obviously didn't really like she's not massively into horror but she's definitely got a lot better we what we finished it and i was like do you think that was good she's like yeah it was good like like i enjoyed it i think it's just very exciting it's just a very exciting film your idea and of exciting you, is different if you i think if you remove the the horrible breastfeeding scene and uh that rape scene I think really like, and, and there's a scene, that, there's a couple of things that ho- are holding Evil Dead back as well. I think it's so, you don't just, you just don't see things so extreme in any other type of cinema. Like it's, it's so insane what is going on. And I just find it really exciting. I tell you what I did recommend and think the film did well. So I'm not recommend what I did appreciate the film did do, which is it didn't go straight to nighttime. I think in so many horror films, you just go, they arrive and it's night do you know what I mean like it's the easier Halloween or not Halloween like horror backdrop is the darkness because of what you yeah. can't see and like I completely agree and but what I appreciate about this film is it makes you feel uncomfortable and it keeps the horror and suspense in daylight and I think that's impressive I know that's something people said about Midsummer. Midsummer. is that yeah yeah, yeah. Midsummer is yeah Ariasta and yeah. I've not seen it, but I know that's a similar thing people said. So I think any person who can make daylight scary is it's quite an incredible feat. And a large portion of this is not all in daylight because the, the trailer sequence we talked about is in the evening. However, they don't really use the cover of the night all that much. A lot of what except they do... In, except in the trailer, yeah. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of what they actually do is um, in broad daylight. And it's almost like worse because it's like normally in a horror film when it's daytime you know that's your time to be like it's all right now because it's daytime and nothing really happens in the daytime bit so this is your time to like break off whereas when you get to nighttime you know it's all going to hit the fan and yeah so i think they should be applauded for that i really do i'm not saying that to be facetious i genuinely believe that no i know and and alexander aya he has some other like like really good films so he did crawl from 2019 which is genuinely great like i would really recommend that that is about massive crocodiles in a basically a monsoon and that is really full of suspense like john you'd probably like it as well it's not necessarily a horror it's a i've seen it's a creature feature parts of that unfortunately on that program you get annoyed at me talking about oh yeah watching people watch tv um and uh so oxygen is is one of his newer ones that's supposed to be really good um i haven't actually seen horns with daniel radcliffe but i've heard it's fine but so yeah like i think he's he doesn't get spoken about much but he's done some good films but he just doesn't work loads like he's i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe he's in loads of tv that i haven't seen but yeah so i think that's 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 pretty much it for hills of eyes unless there's any questions specifically relating to which i don't think there isn't but film forager does write in and she says um what is the worst movie of what i've made you watch for the pod so far john um it's like it that there's three for different reasons I mean, I think in terms of what was the scariest one, I'd say The Descent was the worst in terms of making me... I I joked the Blu-ray menu through me, never mind the actual film. But I do find like the creatures in that really horrible. Like They were genuinely scary the way they moved and everything. The jump scares are good in that. Like As in, it's not... There, there's not many, early, you, but no, just, exactly. just like yeah. really 
super effective when they're done and like because it's so dark with the torches like you're constantly waiting for it to jump so it makes you feel apprehensive for longer periods of time yeah and and that's what horror films are criticized a lot for using jump scares as like a just a tool and it's also jump scare like uh like quite quite bang kind of thing yeah but then you've got then that's why people love um hereditary which i hate um because it's not it doesn't rely on jump scares it's more of a psychological oh right uh, but yeah i th- i think that the, the descent yeah probably is the scariest we've watched so yeah and then there was moments of the evil dead i hated more because of the gore rather than the actual jump and that's probably one of the goriest films i've ever seen in my life oh, i'm really glad you made me watch it then um so <laughs> the um i think the gore of that but then in terms of the sequence i hated the most in terms of made me feel uncomfortable would probably be the trailer sequence we've just talked about from The Hills Have Eyes. And I do think I was slightly offended because I did basically... No, I didn't ignore you, but like I sent you the message and we didn't talk for a day or so. <laughs> so I think I think I held that against you, but yeah. So, it was very fresh. It was very fresh and it was all... Uh, I, I guess it was my fault that John had to watch it. And I was eating a curry at the time, so... Well... <laughs> that my, my, your choice of food's got nothing to do with me it anyway was, it arrived an hour and a half late I, I was planning to have eaten it before the film but anyway that's another story yep well it's on to the the last film of our horror just our horror time and so John is probably happy just to get this one out of the way um, although it was very much fun uh, we were talking about the Evil Dead remake obviously we know the original was done by Sam Raimi Evil Dead remake from 2013 by Fade. We think that's his first name. Fade Alvarez. You have to get me out of here. So, John, what did you think of 2013 Evil Dead? We watched, I mean, we watched it last night together. uh, So I kind of know your opinions. But, I mean, I'd never seen this before either. So this was a first time watch for me. I think... It's hard for me to say I enjoyed it because it made me feel rubbish. But what I would say is I think it's the better of the two we've watched. And I would say cinematography-wise is probably the best one we've watched so far for the pod. I say so far as in for the four the four films we've done this time around. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the cinematography was lovely, wasn't it? Uh, hard to say lovely because of the, lovely. the, the uh, theme. But I would say, yeah, it was very, very well executed and has a very distinctive style so what i would say for in the hills have eyes the dialogue actually i would argue was slightly better and more realistic now you're going to way way better way better yes the the dialogue in evil dead is atrocious so this is the thing hills have eyes i think doesn't look as good as evil dead but it had a probably more like more naturalistic dialogue in between. I'd say Evil Dead looks a lot better, but the actual dialogue itself <laughs> wasn't great. So I'm going to tell you the things I don't like about it. I'm going to start on my rant. We'll start with what I don't like about it, and then I'll go on all the positives because there's a lot of positives to this film. So, and I do think it's one of those weird ones where I didn't particularly enjoy it but i think there's a lot good about it it's just not for me but there's a lot of good stuff there if you know what i mean so in the first like sequence of the film like we find out we're going to the cabin because mia is a recovering drug addict and she 
is going to this cabin to go cold turkey essentially and her brother's been away for a while and he comes to meet and support her you find out her mother and his his their their pet their their mother died in an asylum of an illness and essentially he wasn't there so he feels guilty so in the film his whole thing is i'm going to look after mia because i wasn't there for her before and she says will you stick with me stay with me here to the end and he's like yeah cross my heart hopes die which in a horror film you know is going to go south but as he comes to see her for the first time the first thing he pretty much says is of course i'm here i'm your brother and i immediately alarm bells are ringing for why why did you have to say that like we could establish this in so many ways visually or someone else could say something but you saying that is just like the worst possible thing the dog was called there's so many examples of this isn't there yeah the dog the dog was called grandpa which i just found weird i mean if your dog's called grandpa good for you i just found it a very strange choice i don't know how my granddad would feel about like my dog being called grandpa but whatever um yeah Yeah. go on sorry i'll tell you what mate i'll be i'll be buzzing if one of our listeners has a dog called grandpa because that would mean our listener base would be that big that just out of the statistically statistically we've got we've got a listener that's got a dog called grandpa anyway carry on and then there's a few sequences where like characters instead of feeling something or conveying they are feeling something say exactly what they're thinking or feeling and that is like 101 of bad like the stair, the stair. so there's like they walk down some steps and they establish like you see the step is really bowed and it's brittle and it will break now in home alone when uh corley mcculkin puts the nail in the in the stairs he doesn't stand there and say this nail's gonna be really useful when someone steps on it right you just don't you don't <laughs> like you see the visual setup from christopher columbus who also directed harry yeah. potter one and two he sets it up visually <laughs> nice and then later when it happens it's a visual payoff because you remember it treats the audience ironically with quite a lot of you know like they've got some intelligence this film is like, oh, the, these steps are really, really soft. I th- they, 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 oh, they, they, they look like they might break. And it's just like, I, we can see that. I don't need to be told that. It's just, it's considering the film's like 15 or 18 rated, it seems then really odd to kind of treat your audience as if they're dumb because they're not going to be a younger age anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, who are you explaining to? Who do you think's not understanding this at all in general? It's really heavy-handed yeah the the dialogue is really it's like baby's first screenplay yeah and 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 it's a shame because visually it's like top like a star whatever you want to call it it's stunning it's It's stunning isn't it really really well shot it's moody it's atmospheric and the actual vibe the vibe of the whole thing is really well crafted which is why i got frustrated and petty with the dialogue because it just sticks out more because it's not matched the standards of everything else around it so to me it's a backhanded compliment is the way i'm trying to say because everything else is so good around it that that bit sticks out for me what i would say is i don't think the performances are particularly poor either though i just think the dialogue's not great it's a bit like prequel syndrome george lucas it's not particularly like what the actors are doing it's just the dialogue they're being given isn't particularly easy to get out so it's not really fitting what i do like about this film though so Mia's recovering from addiction and she's there with her friends. Her friends basically say, whatever happens, we're not leaving because we did this before and she nearly OD'd and died. So you establish the reason of when she starts acting funny, no one's going to question it because of the fact of the situation she's going through. 
good plot setup like that that's smart yeah and it that of all bits wasn't too heavy-handed that was okay then you've got um the when the, yeah when they go down the broken stairs they find like a load of cats hung up and immediately they jump to witchcraft they say it looks like some sort of witchcraft oh yeah and I'm oh, like, it looks like witchcraft and i said to jay i was like wouldn't you just be like oh isn't this like really crap taxidermy or something just i don't think my immediate thing if i found a, a cellar full of like cats foxes or whatever else it was i wouldn't be like oh witchcraft immediately maybe maybe i'm the idiot maybe i'm too innocent maybe i'm a absolute victim fodder but there we go yeah well i mean i think you're absolutely right i think that the i i laughed a lot when you said that you're like of course it's not witchcraft it's taxidermy like i mean the first thing you would you would um you would point to and then like the sorry yeah you're gonna go on you go no 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 carry on um then sorry remind me of the character's name of the guy who finds the book so he (sighs) eric idiot eric finds a book which basically is bound with skin and like yeah. also covered with like I don't know iron fencing twisted up like barbed wire it, it's that's, literally that's like word. covered in barbed it's wire it's very clear don't open it he opens it and then it literally <laughs> says do not read do not read and he reads it out loud the entire thing and then again I know for a horror film you have to have these moments but you are just thinking jeez mate like come on don't help yourself but I mean I'm skipping ahead because one of the things I didn't say was what I liked about this film is you get like you know in a James Bond film you have like the pre-sequence before the film and it kind of relates to the film but it's kind of also a separate thing it's like a separate entity an Indiana Jones yeah. film I have it too this film has this so you see in you're in a cellar and you see a load yeah, of yeah I'll mention it again it's very I spit on your grave at the beginning like I've, I've mentioned that film twice now well actually e- even before the cellar there's a girl running in the woods and immediately you're like oh my god why's the girl yeah. running in the woods you feel sorry for her and then she gets knocked out you're thinking you evil men like what are you up to and then so the one thing I'll mention John is compared to the compared to the original the Sam Raimi one which is quite a horror comedy almost yeah yeah black comedy that that sh- that tells us straight away that this vibe. film is far more serious. Yeah. And then when she's wakes up, she's tied up in a balcony. And immediately I was saying to you, this could be some culty. Because I, I didn't know it's about possession. So I thought it was going to be some culty, weird, like weird vibes of like whatever. Anyway, she's like, she sees a dad and she says, what are you doing, daddy? Please like, let me go. Let me go. And then eventually the demonic voice comes out of her. And she like, she says some very vile things I can't repeat on the podcast exorcist style yeah, sort of comments yeah. but also like there's a real dark humor to them because they are quite funny <laughs> very funny <laughs> but for very, all the like, wrong uh, this film did make me laugh a few times it, actually. it did actually and yeah it's weird because the more i talk about it, the more i actually think i quite liked it but i didn't like it but i just like there's a lot going for it do you know what i mean it's like it's really well done <clears> oh <throat> it's wild yeah and basically he there's a lady reading the book which the do not read book but she's the one who wrote do not read i'm pretty sure so that's allowed and uh she says cleanse her soul the only way possible this is all in like subtitles cleanse her soul the only way possible burn her and basically he sets her on fire he actually covered her in apple juice behind the scenes here she he covered her in apple juice and then um she set a light on fire and she burns and then the demon is rested for a while but that same demon is awoken later 
um, through the events of the film we just discussed in the sense of like Mia going to the cabin and she's having the um, what do I call it like post rehab kind of situation and she's yeah yeah sorry I've talked for a long time I feel like you need to interject <laughs> no I mean you've you've set the film up really well for someone that didn't like it you, you're very much talking about it like um, you like it a lot I, I so and I and I yeah. think you'll revisit this I I Ah, uh, it's hard. I there's a lot. I don't like the core elements of what it is because they make me uncomfortable. But it's not because I don't think they're good, and that's a very, very different thing. I think in terms of what's the best executed horror of what I've watched for this, these four episodes. Sorry, these four films. This is probably top. I'd say best cinematography. Probably mm, acting, maybe not quite so, but just like in terms of like delivering on what you've been told you're gonna get if i like it or not yeah in the gruesomeness in the horror elements in some of like the jumps i think this is i'd say the, the best act mind. yeah the best acting we've seen probably over the four films is probably ready or not or dog soldiers that those two i think were both better than the ready than or the, not though it's more again it's like it's different it's, it's modern, probably more it? like the rainy yeah. kind of and you've got comedy. a star you've got you've got samara weaving in there she's 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 a star. Like, the acting and writing, actually, to be fair, in that is probably the top. It's probably my favourite, but that's because it's more of a comedy. So again, it's hard. It's hard when you compare because it's different vibe. I think of all the horror things I enjoy, the horror comedy is the one that probably suits me most and offends me the least because it's kind of like an easy an easy win one, which I just think is why you throw it my way. Um, while as the yeah, of course, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this this was a rough episode for you, actually. In hind like in hindsight, it's... It, I don't. I don't do this to um, hurt you. I do it just to like. I just want you to. I want you to. I want. I do want to bring you out of your comfort zone, and I want oh, you to experience that. things that. Yeah, exactly. Passing past that. When we originally started the pod, like the, the most. I always say the most exciting thing for me is me as a film fan. I love showing people new stuff and my favorites. That's that's one of the biggest things I get a kick out of. Like I put on my 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 movie all nighters for friends and and i and i just i love introducing i love seeing how people react to my favorite things and i hate seeing how people react to my favorite things when they don't like them <laughs> so this for me like seeing you like get so elevated about it all is is good really like i don't enjoy seeing you scared like that's that's not very nice that's not why we do it but, but i definitely you've experienced something you never would have without us doing this but what i said and i stand by is i don't feel like I was particularly scared. A lot of it for me is the gross out. Like yeah. the, the jump, and this film like, had yeah, you jump a bit. It's like so there's there's stuff like where the when they so basically it works that Mia's character runs away because they they're trying to lock. She can smell there's something wrong downstairs, and that's where all the witchcraft. Is there's going a trap on. door, by the there's way. A trap there door. is a trap door. That's, and it's that's got where blood they've... leading all over it, and they don't drive home. Surely, when you see that, it'm not being funny. If that was an Airbnb, you saw that, you'd be like, "I'm sorry, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, you know, Do you know, know little, what I mean. The little when you go to Wales, you know, in Wales, when you go to the little log. <laughs> yeah, we've booked a lovely little log cabin. It's got yeah. a, it's got a little um, jacuzzi outside. Yeah, you you'd be if you if you found a book. Covered in barbed wire and skin. Not even the book. If, you defi- if, you, if there's blood Listen, on the floor. Listen, I've done some. No, done. I've done some stupid things. Like I mean, stupid things like like drink loads of Tabasco sauce. Like silly little things. What I wouldn't do is 
cut open barbed wire for a book and then start reading out the incantations because what do you think is going to happen, dum-dum? And so that, for me, Even if like, you don't believe Eric, in it, you still wouldn't read it. Do you know what I mean? Never, because cause never. it's just like, if in doubt, leave it, you know? I'll, if I found anything like that anywhere, I'd leave immediately because I'd be like, it's, we, we all know what's going to happen. Um, Mia does disappear. She steals the car yeah. and crashes it. She's trying to... Um, and then she takes tree hugging to a whole different level. So again, this is when I go through my phase of getting annoyed by things, but it's part of the horror genre. It's a famous scene. It's a famous scene, John. So in the original, in the original, everyone talks about a woman who is raped by a tree. Um, this particular scene is, she doesn't quite, I wouldn't say it's a tree. It's more of a, Vines. it's, well it's i don't know what it is but it it kind of just goes up inside her anyway somewhere where yeah said so casually but the the demon appears inside her from that experience funnily enough but when she gets back to the house she's retrieved by her friends she's starting to lose it and like give way to the devil but because she's they think she's just in um oh what the hell is the word gone cold turkey what's the professional word for that the f- uh, remission I yes don't know. I don't know. yeah jeez I anyway. can't get my words outside because they think she's in remission they're like ah she's nuts she doesn't know what she's talking about just leave her and it's just like mm-hmm. she's doing some freaky stuff like her head's like cracking and she's kind of mid conversation and like her head twists to the other side and they're like oh junkie's gone nuts and it's just really like oh this is gonna end it really badly yeah and like you can see her mirror reflection is like different the mirror is the demon rather than her and this demon loves cutting stuff and i hate films with cutting stuff in it as we discussed and there's loads of cutting stuff in this film um well she burns herself in the shower doesn't she so she goes into the shower yeah and like literally she puts it on so hot that the uh (laughs) is it then not the boiler is it a boiler? What the, is it? Like yeah, it's gas- a combi boiler. Yeah, it's a combi boiler, mate. The combi yeah. boiler flame goes nuts. It literally sets on fire. And she's scolding yeah. herself and like burning. And then it's grim. Actually, and then obviously as you do, start start um, chopping, chops her own, starts chopping her own face off. Um, and then, so, yeah, there's, there, they, she does get, so basically we, we do find sort of uh they chuck Mia down underneath the house in through this trap door and we have um I think that it's Natalie so played by Elizabeth Blackmore she's kind of um I think she seems a little bit older than she's the others, da- maybe. she's David's uh, partner so she is a bit older okay so she's so David's, David's partner, the brother sorry who I've not said the name of yeah. once so far and so she actually like Mia obviously is like please please let me out please let me out and it's like why are you f-? like the, the so my problem is and you know what let's answer this question from Patch uh, Patch writes in and says what are your least favourite horror tropes and oh, I'll tell you what right. my least <laughs> no, I'll tell okay. you my least favourite horror trope is when people are so dumb it's you know I hate hacking, so you know I hate in the nineties. All we were doing is hacking, hacking computers, hack everything. Five minute job, all we're just gonna hack it. Like in a Jurassic Park. No, I hate it. Yeah, it does my head in. Um, one of my other least favorite tropes in horror films specifically is one. It, it's been done to death when the killer isn't quite dead and they come back for one last scare. Uh. Bit annoying. Um, two, like Michael Myers is just a man. 
yet we've he's been shot like a million times and he's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, just dumb people. So the, I love that Scream takes the uh, like ridicules horror films where Nev Campbell sort of says like, oh yeah, why are they running up the stairs when they should be running out the front door? Like that's class. Yeah, absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, cars not starting. That does my head in as well. Common. Um, yeah. John, what are your least favourite horror tropes from the limited amount of horror you've seen? Um, I think the car one is a fair one. The other one is in films in general, you know, when there's like a really loud object, but they can't hear it until you visually see it. So there's like a helicopter that comes up to save them last minute and then they don't realise there's a helicopter until it literally appears on screen, even though you could hear it about yeah. two miles away. But anyway, um, well, horror Lots of dumb stuff. Yeah, horror-wise yeah. more specific. Um, they're kind of like anyone who has sex, if they're not married in a horror film, seems to die like immediately because they're punished. Like that's well, that's yeah, that's like a, that's a classic sort of yeah yeah. I'm like eighties yeah. trope, seventies eighties, and then um, yeah, people then, would argue that those are the kinds of things that make horror. Though all the things that I've mentioned, yeah. like cars not starting and stuff, if you took all of them away, and if you took all the like shooting Michael Myers away, it just wouldn't be the same. So I I, I wouldn't take them away. I but thought the I, whole like, point of Michael Myers though was although he was a man, he gets fed off evil, so he's not really just a man. Like he he gets like. A bit, not a demon, mm. but he's he's like thriving off evilness or something. I don't think so, but maybe I don't know enough. I've, Halloween. I've watched some. I don't think that's videos right. about the new one, so maybe I should shut up. But anyway. Ooh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, let's hope that's not a spoiler. Anyway, um, John's not seen it, so it can't be. Anyway, what I was saying was, so Mia, is it Mia Maya? Mia's, My, Mia, Mia's, Mia's trapped under the... And, possessed. Yeah. She's possessed, right, downstairs, and she's like, please, please come in, come in, like, I'm I'm not, it's not very nice down here, and all this. And she, by the way, at this down. point, she's already tried to shoot, a, she shot a brother in the arm at this point anyway. Let's no, not she's, forget. She's, so she's, 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 already, she's, she's already gone, gone for it. Yeah, she's stabbed, she stabbed um She violently Eric was in the, sick over her best friend, was like, Bleh like blood exactly it, she, she, she's done loads of stuff at this point anyway <laughs> she's done loads so natalie like gets she's she she runs like mia turns natalie runs back up the stairs out the trap door guess what the stair that we saw earlier that we were told about breaks and she gets caught down there with her and this is the bit where really mia starts saying not very nice things and hilariously says she gets a stanley knife sticks it oh on her God. tongue and makes her tongue like a snake tongue, like, and basically cuts all the way through it. it me and John were both like, <laughs> like, literally, like, yeah, yeah, like, like, even I don't like that. And so, poor Vicky that, as and well. then she, and and then she literally, yeah, exactly. And then she says, um, "Kiss me, you dirty, see you next Tuesday." <laughs> and, then, like, and I'm just, we were and, cracking and that up. Was, we were cracking up. And I wish I'd have used that as a like <laughs> as a chat up line. To be honest, like I'm sure it would have worked. Oh. Um, but yeah, so she says that, and then she says, um, she says, "Oh, like where's like where's Mia?" Is like Mia's not here, you idiot. She's being raped in hell. Like all these things, and she's like saying, and it's just really good fun. That all of that stuff is great fun, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and and yeah. I, I, there's not much to add to that there's some horrible kills in between so the one that really got me was jessica lucas plays olivia who gets possessed and her thing is she cuts her face off 
in the bathroom like she's in the mirror and sees like a devil reflection and she like mimics it by like chopping her face to pieces and she has like a like a skeletal smile face with like the rest of her face on and stabs someone in the eye with a syringe repeatedly yeah but that guy yeah do you know what he he annoys me so i actually wasn't that bothered that he was gonna die Mm. so visually at the end right so again this is another film that just gets like i was i did not enjoy it yeah the first half an hour i didn't enjoy it i'm like it's just it's just it's, not a very good it's required, sort of cabin though. in the woods. You've got to set um, the yeah, you've got to set the scene, you've got to set you the tone. Right. And I would say But I wasn't enjoying it. I was like the writing's the, bad. Yeah. It's generic. And then then it just gets out of control for like the last what, fifty minutes? The it's just completely that, out of control and it elevates and elevates and elevates and you don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah. I know filmic reasons why but i never get in this film if there's a demonic possession going on like they just relentlessly go at it i don't think it would last as long as it lasts in the film do you know what i mean if they're that powerful it would just be like bam 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 bam, done but in the film it's like we get rest and pause and then you like build up for a bit then it calms down for a bit and then it goes back up the one that's really harsh is um there's a nail gun fight sequence which is like in final destination three i think it's three or maybe it's four i don't know weirdly i've seen quite a few of the final destination films but maybe you think they're like rubbish horror. So I don't know. But anyway. I mean, no, they're, they're perfectly entertaining. I, I, I wouldn't call them horror. I just call them, I don't even know what they are. Horrible Teen. dark thriller. Um, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, basically, like the possessed Elizabeth Blackmore, who plays Natalie, she is the, sorry, she is the partner of David. So um, Mia's brother. She walks in with a nail gun and she just lets loose, like, as the devil. And the mad thing is that downstairs, Mia's, like, loving it, isn't she, in the corner? Like, like devil Mia's like, man. Ah, ah, ah. like, just absolutely yeah. loving it, like, getting really into it. Which is, again, weirdly quite funny. And I think that's kind of where I get, like, the Sam Raimi take on it, I can imagine, was quite funny. Definitely. Because, like, yeah, there's, definitely. there's still very, very dark humour in there. Like, the fact there's, like, the devil's got a little hype man going on. Um, but anyway, so that, the main aim of the devil in this, I keep saying the devil, monster, demon, whatever you want to call it, the main aim is that if they kill five, then the, the red blood will unleash, like, the, the gateway from hell will open. And yeah. essentially, in the film, we're waiting to get to that point. But when Natalie comes in, she, she fires the nail gun off, and eventually she then starts swinging away, swinging away doesn't she, with, like, a club. And then she gets shot back in the face with a nail gun. And then at that point, the 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 demon leaves her. And she's like, my face hurts. And it's like so depressing because she's okay then. But also respect to Natalie because she made her conversion take longer because the she got bitten on the arm, didn't she? And she was like, yeah. no dramas. There's a, there's a beef cutting. It sets up as well. They have fresh beef earlier in the film and they use like the uh, motorized cutting knife, don't they? Yeah, so it and she it cuts up. her an arm off. So, yeah, of course, she cuts her an arm off. Uh, and it's grim, and I don't like things cutting, so that upset me. Um, yeah. And then, basically, like, spoilers for the film, but, like, we get to the point where the final two are Mir and David. David gets killed by Eric. Eric's the guy who read the book, so we don't like Eric anyway. But he, he kills David, and David's saving Mia. Um... No, I'm jumping ahead. Am I jumping ahead? Yeah, I am. Because basically, to for, to get the devil out of Mia, De- David was told that he either has to like cut all the limbs off 
and separate her, burn her alive, or bury or sorry, you burn her alive, bury her or alive. bury her alive. So he's like, easy, I'll bury her alive. And he sees outside there's a lightning bolt and it sets a tree on fire. So he gets the idea of if I can make a makeshift like um defibrillator. All of a sudden becomes a professional engineer. I could kill her, kill the devil, and and then unbury her and then bring her back to life. And that's basically exactly what he does. Unfortunately for him, after he manages to achieve this, the devil demon is not done with him and Eric comes out, demon Eric comes out and like kills him, therefore opening the gateway to hell. Then you get blood rain come from the sky. It is so grim. And the visual the visual though of this is honestly fantastic, isn't it? Like it yeah. looks gorgeous. Like the, the again and again gorgeous what in a type very of weird what, way. But yeah. Yeah, but what type of film are you ever going to see something like this in? Because it's the only genre that we'd, it would allow it. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Um, yeah, we get some weird iconography going on. Um, but basically the fight ends up being Mia versus the leftover devil, which is the one we saw at the start of the film or the demon from the start of the film. And she has a chainsaw. But as she accesses the chainsaw, she gets stuck like behind the cabinet and like you and I were like wincing at the scene where she's being stabbed by the demon through the hole in the wall and it's like splicing through her kneecap, splicing through her shoulder and it's just grim and like really uncomfortable. But like, again, it made me feel something like it got the pulse racing or whatever. And um, yeah, basically they end up fighting and she gets a car thrown on her or like tipped over and her arm gets stuck underneath the car and she pulls herself, Mia, this is, pulls herself away from the car. Her arm rips off and she has to use the chainsaw with the remaining bit of her arm and her other arm. And she basically, like, the like this is probably the worst thing I've ever seen in my life in terms of violence in a film. There's a chainsaw is kind of shoved <laughs> in the middle of this, like, woman, like, the demon woman, and, like, it goes... And literally, you just see blood and guts go everywhere. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. And this is the point where John. I'm like, is it brilliant? Like, do I want to see this? And I'm like, no. But then also, because I've sat through an hour and a half of cathartic kind of how miserable is this, you kind of want that devil to die in the worst way oh, possible. It's fun, isn't it? but anyway kims.cinema.escape writes in John yes friend of the show and she said what was John's favourite bit of Evil Dead the end because I could relax um my favourite bit is probably maybe the scene that made us both laugh when the, the the rude section we've already discussed the rude dialogue from Mia under the stairs yeah and Mia very being, being the hype man was quite funny um, I also, to be honest, really enjoyed the bit when the dialogue told me about the do- the dodgy staircase. I thought that was quite funny for all the wrong reasons. Um, but yeah, how about you? I'm curious. Like, what's your favourite bit? Your bit's probably the chainsaw racking through at the end, I'm guessing. I think that the <laughs> the bits... <laughs> I, I'd probably... <laughs> I'd say probably the last half an hour to 20 minutes... I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. I think the the nail the nail gun fight scene was really good fun. The sound design um, of this film's good, you know, like you know the sound of the nail gun, like when mm-hmm. it 
like way over dramatized but just like proper yeah. like the sound mix for this and, the, like, and they're just outside the the outside blood rain visuals i just thought was yeah i've never seen anything like it apart from like the only thing that just reminded me of carrie but the i said that yeah the way it, just the way it goes is it's just it's just incredible really so yeah um so we've got loads of questions um Everything all right over there? Everything all right? <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. Uh, got loads of questions. So we need to start plowing through them. Just before we get onto them, I want to say a few bits of quick trivia that I sent to Jamie on WhatsApp, which is what I was trying to load up, which is mm. why you had some weird noises. So here's my like quick bits of trivia about this film, which I thought was really cool. Number one, 95% of the remake was shot in chronological order. Uh, chronological order as in it was shot in order this was done because a lot of the film takes place in a controlled environment and the level of blood and violence gets worse and worse as the film progresses by shooting in order the filmmaker can throw blood on the walls and not worry it will mess up another shot where it needed to be clean i think that's really cool but also the logistics of working out all the storyboarding and the film schedule to make them be able to do it in order is actually harder than if they didn't do it in order normally so that in itself big hats off impressive Second thing I sent over to Jamie, which we really enjoyed, was the film primarily used practical special effects, much like the original film. However, CGI was used to add fire and remove wires and equipment used for the effects. So again, that's cool. But it's interesting because it actually said many fans of the series feared at the time that this, with this being a remake, it would resort to CGI rather than practical effects. And this caused some people to avoid the film. Since this is not the case, many fans are thankful for the choices the filmmakers have made. Again, agree with that. I think it looks amazing. It's not going to date because I couldn't even see the CG that was there. The best CG is hidden CG. I believe that, honestly. Like, when CG's done right, and I'm going to bang on about Fincher, like, there's so much in Zodiac and you wouldn't even know there's any. That's the whole point. It's, like, done in the background. Like, it can be done. And finally, one for Jamie, Park Chan-wook turned down an offer to direct this film. What, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel I don't know how I feel actually because he did do a film called First mm-hmm. which is like I know we know he can do horror however Park Chan-wook so with with Evil Dead we do know that um, it was actually written by the the, the director Fade um, Fade Alvarez so he wrote it now would I don't know Park Chan-wook generally writes his own stuff so I would like to... I think the film would have been way too sophisticated had Park Chan-wook done it. Not way too sophisticated. But it wouldn't have been what people wanted, basically. I think that this is exactly... This is perfect. Like, this is perfect. Like, I, I, said, I, said, I said last night, didn't I? This is a good script away from being one of the true horror greats, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with um, that. I just, don't, I just don't know. I haven't seen any Park Chan-wook films that would kind of fit this I think he could do anything don't get me wrong the guy's a genius but and and we'll be talking about I want to be talking about Decision to Leave on the next pod because I haven't seen it yet and I'm really excited to see it and yeah uh, I think he's he's the greatest Korean director working today by a mile yes you heard that um, so yeah I think that he I, I don't know it's, it excites me to think that he could have done anything like that it excites me to when I hear that Quentin Tarantino would have done a Star Trek film. Do you know what I mean? That excites me as well because well, I kind of would have want to seen it, but people will hate it, and I think people would have hated this if had Park Chan Wook done it because it would have been some kind of it would have been written better. Put it that way. Anyway, 
Thank you for those, John. That was lovely. It's okay. John, you have to exist in one of these movies. Which do you pick and how do you survive? Uh, I'm trying to think which is not as bad. I probably would rather deal with Hills of Eyes because it's like more, I say grounded, let's be clear. But it's more, I feel like I'd rather not deal with the, the devil, demon, that kind of vibe because it's not a tangible threat. Whereas I feel like I, yeah. the mutants, I kind of feel like it's like being approached by a load of bad people. Like you can kind of see a way out somewhere. What would I do? Kate, I th- hope that I'd find a car with a battery that I could go and jump start, But I don't think that would happen because in my head, the easy solution would be to get in a vehicle and mow them down. But I just think that's, I try basically I'm trying to not get my hands dirty is basically, I'm trying to go for minimal effort. Um, you did this last time. You said, "Oh yeah, but fighting them, fighting them is a lot of effort." In it, yeah, yeah, fighting for your life is a lot of effort. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did actually say to Jamie yesterday, we were watching Evil Dead, and was it in Evil Dead? I said, "Yeah," and basically everyone was dead bar two people. I said, "At this point, when you just get the shotgun and kill yourself?" Because I just, I said, "Imagine, <laughs> imagine trying to explain." John this. really just doesn't value his life. No, just imagine the situation where it's like you're going to leave that cabin and someone's going to question where are all those people you're getting pinned for it you're like oh the devil did it they'll be like yeah yeah I'm sure he did so anyway um, I mean yeah I'd, I'd probably go for Hills Have Eyes as well yeah like, it, it easy feels peasy like, because can I, team I just up don't want to be though? dealing with if I'm on my own I'll be useless because I'd probably just panic and just be like oh I can't be dealing with this I don't know oh god so you do I would, I would not enjoy if it was us two because I feel I like I'd you be do doing a lot of the heavy lifting yeah yeah exactly like, yeah you're right all I would say yeah. was, like, and I've said this before, I'm so glad that I never watched any of these horror films, especially Hills of Eyes, before I went travelling in the outback. Because, like, we, I literally slept in, like, Harry and I travelled in a Subaru forest and we had a bed in the back of the car and we just pull up literally on the side of a road. Because in Australia you can. And, no, like, thanks. You literally just pull up and there's nothing for miles. Like, for miles and miles and miles. And, like, occasionally there'd be another car and they park relatively close to you to, like, feel some form of comfort. But it was nonsense because, like, you'd still be scuppered. And, like, we yeah. used to joke saying, one night we will wake up and there'll be someone at the window. And it's like, yeah, but if it happens, what are you going to do anyway? It's going to be too late. So <laughs> I'm glad you, that- you should. Everyone should watch a film called uh, Breakdown with uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, underrated classic. Well, okay. classic, but underrated banger. Uh, yes, yeah, they're similar kind of situation. So, yeah, I'm glad um, I hadn't seen those before before yeah doing that i don't know what i'd do mate i, th- I think i'd just go gung-ho like just gung-ho and like yeah i would if I'd it's probably... the hills have eyes situation like surely you can weapon up can't you like they've got weapons i think i could deal with that like i <laughs> like I, when i say deal with it i don't mean like survive but like i reckon I, i'd have a I'd, I'd i feel like i'd have a tangible go at, at having a go at that um yeah anyway Right, so we've got loads of questions. Um, Kako.Arietta writes in with another serious question. Oh, he's getting all the serious questions in now. Thank God. Uh, new listener. What are your favourite gritty remakes? Are you a fan of gritty stuff or do you prefer classic camp? I mean, for me, I probably... My favourite gritty remakes, obviously The Fly, always talk about it. Um, but this is going to be i've got two that are going to like annoy people um so the halloween rob zombie version i knew you were going to say that you were obsessed with rob zombie no i, I just like that no I, I like a few of his films but the halloween that he did 
is I love it. I think it's great and people hate it. So yeah, that's that's just one that I just, yeah, I think so brutal. Um, and then uh, another one that people are probably going to hate even more. I, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, like the, t- the 2010 one. It's wicked. Um, Jackie L. Haley, there you go. Remembered it now. Um, there is a kill scene in that that is just not very nice. It's, it's a kind of riff on the first film where she gets uh, pulled up towards the ceiling sliced by his hand and then you hear the the sloshing of the blood as they fall back on the bed <sighs> so yeah um i prefer those are those are the remakes that i love um i would say that uh campy stuff yeah like i i mean i i love sort of the edgar Allan poe stuff uh roger corman stuff like pit in the pendulum uh that kind of stuff hammer horror like all, all of that yeah i'm, I'm a fan of Old I, I universal really stuff as well, like the old old Dracula, and universal like old monster stuff. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that. Carry on the carry on films. Um, I love all of that kind of thing. Um, so there's not really. I don't. That's one thing. I don't really discriminate like against films. Like I just, I'm just happy to to watch anything really. Like so, yeah. I I, I think everything's got its its merits. Like. Um, yeah, depending on what you're looking for. Um, Young Frankenstein, you could see that's a kind of a more modern one, which is good. I watched that not long ago. That was lovely. Um, right then. So, um, quick one for me, John. See. Uh, best brutal kill in a film that really got under your skin. Uh, right. So, I've got a couple here. Um, so, when I was younger, as you know, obviously I was about 15, 16 and a little edgelord. So, I used to watch all the hostel films, all the Saw films. I used to love that. Um, the one in Saw 2, In the House, written by Lee Wanell, friend of the friend of the pod. Um, written by... Well, he's, he's, he follows us on Twitter, John. Um, written by Lee Wanell, I'm, I'm sure. Um, so, there's a bit where a girl who is a drug addict gets thrown in... To basically a pit of needles and that is mm. really nasty like not very nice at all um hostel i think the first hostel film when the person goes to get up run and they slice the achilles tendons um not very nice again and then um we've got ben wheatley's film kill list which i would recommend it's very british like some people might not like it, but um, that a man gets basically like beat in a kitchen with a hammer, um, tortured. Um, so I guess most like yeah, that's best brutal. Like, yeah, they they kind of got under my skin a bit. Um, I've got one. Go on. Uh, oh, can I guess? Go for it. Is it the, when the chest bastard comes out? No, it is an oh, alien good. film though. <laughs> uh, in a- oh, of course it is. <laughs> In Alien 3, in the... Oh. No, 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 genuinely, genuinely. So it's not a horror, like, jump scare moment. It's just a gore, horrible moment. Golic lets out. Paul McGann's character, Golic, lets the alien out. They've trapped it and he lets it out. And he walks up to someone and he goes, sorry. And they're like, sorry for what? And then he goes, gets a, um, like a, uh, what do you call the blades when it's like a, like a really thin one, like a scalpel. And he just yeah. goes, Whoak! and the amount of blood that comes out. David Fincher was obsessed with the color of blood. There's a whole thing in the documentary called The Color of Blood. And it's basically David Fincher behind the scenes footage of him moaning for five minutes that like film blood doesn't look correct. And he was obsessed with finding the right color. It had to be the right maroon. But anyway, he slices this guy's throat and it goes 
everywhere and then he's going sorry 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 and like he like breaks down and as a kid i say as a kid when i first watched that it freaked me out because also that's the kind of violence where it's real it's not fake and i kind of can't deal with that because it's more like yeah. that could happen and i hate stuff like that anything with stabbing cutting maybe that's where it comes from but there you go hmm. right let's get through these last ones then dan friend of the pod writes in and he says uh what is a film that has scarred you or made you go i'm not watching that again john descent no <laughs> do you know what though that's yeah uh i'd say i would watch it again i think i'd wait a long time could but and we talked about you this own the it. week i do own it physical media baby um the ending of that film i thought was brilliant but i would find it very hard to rewatch because the jumps I couldn't watch on my own. Genuinely I wouldn't watch it on my own. I find it too uncomfortable and the the creatures are too creepy. Was there, there was a sequel as well, wasn't there? The Descent. Yeah, 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 there was. I've not seen it. Oh, um, anyway, sorry. How I've got you? a few. Um so a film that scarred me, um the nineteen seventies film Scum with Ray Winston. I spoke about that before. Yeah, brutal. There's a there's a scene in that that's like, yeah, just heartbreaking. Um The Human Centipede uh, it's a terrible film and but obviously the what the film's about everyone knows what it's about it's about a human centipede and it's just it's just like I, I just I'm just not watching I, it didn't scar me I just thought it was crap like and the idea is like it's there just solely to just upset people and it's yeah it's not it's just not a good film um, and then the other one that came to mind was uh, Irreversible so yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. Irreversible is uh, French film it plays in reverse uh, starring Monica Bellucci Vincent Castell uh, 2002 um, Gaspar Noé that has a, f- um, a one cut seven minute long rape scene in a underneath like some like like you know underneath underpasses um, and that is the film is excellent like it's an absolutely fa- I own it it's a fantastic film. However, that is... I don't know. Why? Grim. So, yeah, I would say... I, and... I, I couldn't... Yeah, like, that sequence is really similar as well. Have you seen the Finches? It's really hard because I think with the the current sort of, like, with the news and stuff like that and all of... I'd say with the news, it's just... It's the fact that it's just publicised nowadays more and we, we see we see it, but with the stuff like with Sarah Everard and that kind of thing. And I think maybe as, as I've got older, like as John's got older as well, because these things, and yeah, don't get me wrong. There are serial killers out there. There aren't demons though, like actual like devils and demons. Um, but there's, there's so much violence against women. And so f- to have to sit and watch a seven minute long rape scene, that is, there's no cuts, zero cuts. So you, it's just one long cut of that is, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, why why is it in there? I guess like you don't have to show these things. Like, I, I I'm I'm very much a believer of like censorship. People should be allowed to like. I I personally think that people should be allowed to show whatever they want. Like in terms of within reason, because things bad things happen in the world. However, what is what does a how does how heavy handed is it to show a seven minute one cut scene? There's only one reason why that's being shown, seven minute one cut, and it is because because I'm talking about it twenty one years later. 
I was gonna say in Revenge as well. I hate that, but they, it sets up the entire plot of the film. So it's like, do you have yeah. to see it? But like, but you can do it, and it can be done. You can you can allude to these things and allude to these things happening. And directors have done it way better than this. Like I can't think off the top of my head right now, but directors have done it way better than having to do that. So we're using that as a plot device. Um, obviously, it's an important part of Irreversible because that's it's the the it's it is unfortunately the the reason why the film and it is in the gold track and tattoo because it's it's the whole basis for how her character acts from that point i mean mean, fincher they did a lot of interviews about like why he showed what he did and and what he did but i don't need the basis behind it and also because his argument was when she gets her revenge later in the film like that's shown as graphically as well so he didn't skip yeah which is yeah yeah, and I, anyway. but I don't particularly, I don't particularly need to see that. Like, I don't need to. I can, you can allude to it, can't you? You can, you can kind of show what's happened without really going into that much detail. And I think the it hit hard for me lately when I wouldn't imagine. I would. I who knows how someone would feel that's gone through that, and then they've seen it on screen. I felt a similar way watching uh, Leaving Las Vegas with with yeah. Nicolas Cage and that and, and that was probably for the first time in my life at the age of 33 when I seen like something that I was like oh actually that like affected me because like maybe I'd had some kind of anyway but that's that's what that was so anyway we'll, we'll move on move on to the last few questions how well keeping it on a positive note eh um <laughs> right so Patch wrote in to moviesinapodshow at gmail.com just like you can and he says um, give me a non-horror director and a leading actor so basically a non-horror director and a non-horror leading actor like what would you who would you like to see who have you got John I really want to see a Michael Bay horror because if you think about how extreme he goes for action like what would his horror film be like? Would they be? Do you know what I mean? Like how? I did not. You know, I didn't think you were going. How there, over we? the top could he do it? How many of the shots from West Side Story could he fit in with like the three sixty camera spin? <laughs> I just really want to see. No, genuinely, I I am half being taken a wiki here, but I would be quite curious to see what he could do. I think he. Could I think it'd some... be a twelve A. That's the, that's the, <sighs> no, be no, no. This is this is the. It's all off. It's hard R. It's M. It's at fifteen. He's going Hard for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then lead mm. actor. I was struggling with this because I really like Nick Cage in um, The Island. I, I do this every single time. Why the Rock, you- <laughs> not The Island. My God. Right. So I would... Isn't quite- it Ewan McGregor in The Island? Yes. It's the wrong bloody right. film. I say it every time. Um, so what I was going to say was I would quite like that collab again. But then realistically you want to take someone who you wouldn't expect or should I go serious and get a bit gravitas I'd like to see someone like Jeremy Renner in a horror I reckon he would bring he's the kind of person I still think looks normal enough that you can relate to him but still deliver a solid kind of do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. I like that don't know random but anyway go on mm, I've got um, so I've got two sets of brothers. I've got the Coen brothers. See. Because I think they could write just a fantastic horror comedy. And then I've got two other brothers that could give you give us the most heart stopping time of our entire lives. And that is the Safety brothers. I think the Safety brothers, and this is what I was going to mention earlier on, the scene in the uh the trailer 
that is a that could have been directed by the Safety brothers. I think the amount of the level of tension they bring and stress, they could do something incredible. I have a lead actor, um, Barry Keown. How about Barry Keown? So we know him from. He is going to play the Joker in the new Batman film. We think. Oh, he's in Dunkirk. Oh, he's got a and face he's in for horror. Yeah, I know what you mean. Killing in the sake, killing of a sacred day. He which was is, in Dunkirk. Fantastic in. And he went blind. Yeah, he's so I reckon he'd be he'd be great. So yeah, Barry Keown he would he'd be yeah very good horror actor. And finally, John, I've saved this one till last because I just wanted to bring it up a little bit. Mm. Kate reviews films writes in, and she says. Henry Cavill is back as Superman. How are we feeling? How are we feeling, John? You can tell from my reaction. Positive, but I am concerned. What is going on with DCU? I mean, I... So, I don't know if you've read the whole Ben Affleck's back for Aquaman 2, but only because Jason Momoa asked him to be, and it should have been someone else. It should have been one of the other Batmen, and yada yada. There is no direction at the top of Warner Brothers of what that franchise is anymore I think the whole thing is a mess and I just don't think there's any retrieving it and like there's a lot of issues going on with Flash I believe because of the issues Ezra Miller's been having in his personal life so I feel like that's yeah. been delayed and that worries me all I really want is Man of Steel 2 I just want him to have a standalone film and actually see him just do his own thing I'm not that fussed honestly about him appearing in Potentially, I don't know. Something like, not Shazam, the new one. Justice League 2. Black Adam. Black Adam, sorry. Or, you know, I just... I feel like Henry Cavill literally had one stab at it. And Batman v Superman should have been the third film in a franchise. And then his death would have meant more... Spoilers, by the way. I think everyone knows he dies in that film and comes back in Justice League. I'm not even going to bother beating around the bush with that. So, in terms of, am I glad Henry Cavill's back? Absolutely do I want the Snyderverse to be restored still? Yes. I am still very much that bandwagon. And I think basically at the moment it still could happen because there's not been a solid enough direction from anybody else to present it exists. But do I think it will happen? No, I do not. But I just think the whole franchise, to be honest, is an absolute state. I mean, if you look at it, I think it's, it's just like the first... the like, You've been pure sassy tonight, mate. I have been sassy. I think Man of... Very briefly, because people know this, Man of Steel, love it. Batman v Superman, extended cut. Weirdly, I do love it. And even Snyder's Justice League, is it too long? Yes, do I still love it? Yes. I think those films all had such a tone and a mood. And I think Aquaman that came afterwards kind of went on the Justice League mood, more comedy, lighter, more Guardians... Eh, it was all right. Like I didn't, I didn't hate it. I just thought it felt a bit like meh. And I think Black Adams had quite middling reviews. I think that Shazam, like I think people like Shazam more because it's a comedy. But I just Shazam. Yeah, my David Blaine impression. So I just, I'm, I'm struggling because I want him to have Man of Steel two, and I'm not convinced he's going to get it. I feel like they're going to do another film where they team everybody up again. And I think what we really need is him to just actually have more of an arc and do more. Like, let's talk more about the fact he came back to life. What was that like for him? Was it a struggle? What was death like? Was it? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? There's a whole, there's a whole plot line to go through. Like, I hate to compare to Marvel, but we're going to. 
You remember Iron Man 3 was all about PTSD because he sacrificed himself at the end of the Avengers and he got stuck in a black hole and thought he wasn't going to come back through or whatever. And then the whole film is about him becoming a hero again because he keeps freaking out about like the fact he almost died. I feel like you can do something with the amount of baggage that Superman already has. Or you could flip it on his head and say that he's done with the baggage. Like he just turns around and says, well, I'm fed up of this. Like I am who I am. And, like, I've defended Earth. Like, he's beat Darkseid in the last film, in the Snyder Cut. And, you know, and, like, I want to I wanna be better. And, like, you could have a film where it's more like, what's the one you like? The golden era, like, the ones in the 90s. What do they call him? Like, all-star Superman, where, like, he's the best oh, of us. and things. Yeah, but brilliant. we could have that. There's so many things you There's can so do. There's so many different arcs for Superman. That's great. Yeah. yeah, but I'm excited. Maybe, maybe it's him, but- maybe it's him, like, wrestling with... The the thing that a most one of the most mortal things a man could ever have, and that's a receding hairline, um, which Henry Cavill seems to have. Or um, they could do the Superman. son of Superman. I say like, that all the time. You gave me some great comics. Have I got them here? No, not here. They're by my bed. Oh yes, the um, there's like the or is it the sons when it's like young Damien, Damien, the super sons, and, yeah, yeah. Like there's so many cool things they can do. Honestly, I just it just upsets me. Like I kind of want DC to just do one-off films that aren't all links now. Because I feel like there's such a mess, such a hot mess. Man of, of Steel was great. I'd yeah. be happy. I'd be really happy just to see. I, I I think Henry Cavill. There's oh god, does he look the part? Jesus, just give me a Clark Kent film. How about that? I want to see. I don't care about Superman. I want to see a Clark Kent film. Um, I want to see him I'd be happy to... as well with Lois Lane because I feel like they've had no luck for like. They did, but you're right. Films. The DC the DC universe is like it's 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 over, man. It's trashed. And Snyder, even if Snyder came back at this point, what? How? How does he fix it? I think it's a poison chalice at this point now. If Snyder came back, he would have to do. He'd have to just follow on from his Justice League, and then basically say the other events were like in another timeline, which in itself I kind of feel is a cop out or whatever else. But it happens in comics all the time. Marvel's whole thing this time is the is the multiverse and saying like all these different possibilities. So I think they basically have to say. Aquaman took place in the multiverse Black Adam took place in the multiverse but this is our normal reality and the normal reality is the Snyderverse and everything else is somewhere else but the fact we're even having to do that shows why it's all a hot mess because like it shouldn't be that way the truth is if they'd have followed through if if Snyder's Justice League had come out the way it was intended initially which wasn't a four and a half hour cut <laughs> it would have been or whatever it is it would have been you know shorter condensed and it was supposed to be two films wasn't it part one part two then dc could have carried on but the truth is they bailed because they bricked it like they just thought it wasn't going to win and i think now they're in this position where it's like oh we want to get away from the side of the universe but we also want henry cavill to come back and we also want ben affleck still and we want this and I think audiences are just a bit confused. Like, well, Black uh, Adam's made a lot of money, by the way. So I would like to see Black Adam. So I'm curious, and I've also like in the it's trailers, two and a half hours, and I just don't care. Is it two and a half hours? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. So it's two hours. There was something else on Netflix. It was two and a half hours. Anyway, that's like Kate. I am excited. Let's hope and pray they do a good solo Man of Steel film like I'm happy if he pops up in other things but I'd rather just have him get a full run out do you rewatch that actually do you rewatch Man of Steel yeah yeah got on Blu-ray banging soundtrack our next pod John you're going to be pleased of I'm going to before I announce that um, I have been asked 
to go on air. And I have been asked an on-air commitment from me to you to let you program December to treat your October PTSD. How do you feel about that? Uh, thanks, Kate. Um, I feel like that won't happen, but we'll we'll see. Why not? It can happen. Okay, it, oh, it can. Are you, you can you can program you can program it? December. Okay. I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think you like. You just don't want to do it. This, the, the thing is, this right. Look, I, John necessarily doesn't necessarily plan. If I plan the films, I feel like John's not that bothered. <laughs> no, I mean he's bothered. You know what I mean? But like he likes me to plan them. He's not that bothered. He just turns up and gives up half his week to watch the films. Don't worry about it. No, he. I tell you what. T- <laughs> tell you what's going to happen here. I will have my list of films, and I, I, there will be a veto ability. So that if Jamie genuinely thinks it's a waste of time, we won't do it. But what I will say is, if Jamie presents me with one, I will have the 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 card of absolutely not and be allowed to use it through the entirety of December. That's the way I'm looking at it, because it's hard actually thinking of all the films and themes. To be fair, Kate, yeah. so I need a bit of help. Right. Anyway, the next the next pod we're doing the next pod we're doing is we're doing Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Ooh. not Scott Pilgrim Must Die, which I keep saying somehow I get mixed up with John Tucker. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I'm deciding on the theme. How about you guys decide the theme? The theme could either be dating, and in, in which case we'd pair it with Crazy Stupid Love, or it could be films you didn't know were comic books. And there are loads of films you didn't know were comic books. So let me know. Uh, email us at moviesinapodshell at gmail.com. Write to me, Movies in a Podshell, on Instagram. Find John at jzb.video. As always, go on your little Apple podcasts and rate us five stars. We only accept five stars. And find us on wherever else you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify as well. You can even rate us on there. Again, we only accept five stars. And if you give us any less... I'll find you and I'll go Liam Neeson. Anyway, we've got some t-shirts coming. They are coming. They're in, they're in production at the moment. Um, yeah, we're loving life, aren't we, John? We're going to have a modeling hey. shoot and everything. Paparazzi. Oh, we are, yeah. We're going to get the lights yeah. out. He's going to get the lights out. I am, he, I am he, getting he get the lights oh. out. Yeah, he's getting the lights out, yeah. Excellent. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Time to go. See you later. Bye. Bye.